It's the Questions Hip Hop Podcast. My name is Sean Kantrowitz. I am your host. We've got a great episode in store for you this week. It is a classic from the archives featuring legendary MC Master Ace, and it was voted to be the next unearthed classic by the Questions Patreon. So shout out to the Patreon. You can join this crew and get a say in these sort of things, as well as getting early access to episodes bonus content that doesn't always make it into the published episodes, and much more. Go to patreon.com slash thequestionshiphop or click the link in this episode's notes. I appreciate the support that you have all been showing me with this very independent endeavor that I do. Come and join the movement, The Questions Hip Hop Patreon. Speaking of movement, I'm hopping on a plane in a couple weeks and we'll be doing the questions hip hop in New York City and its surrounding areas. So let me give you some more details about what this run is going to be. Don Will of the group Tanya Morgan, former guest on the questions and also the host of the Webby award winning podcast, The Almanac of Rap. Don Will is going to be joining me on this New York run and we are calling this little run of shows, The Almanac of Rap Questions. It's a hybrid of both of our shows. We're going to be talking about some hilarious and fascinating facets of hip-hop music. We're going to have special guests, and we will, of course, be doing hip-hop trivia for both those guests, as well as the audience that will be in the house. I really want to see you out there. Here's the info. All of this is still shaping up and there's more to come. This is the first time I'm saying this out loud. Ooh, exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. (laughs) Thursday, August 17th, we are in Brooklyn at Friends and Lovers. We're going to be joined by special guests, comedians Josh Gondelman and Petey Diabru. Monday, August 21st, we are in Hoboken, New Jersey at Top Shelf Premium with special guest Fatboy Sharif. And Tuesday, August 22nd, we are at Beerwax Queens with special guests, It's The Real. That's Jeff and Eric Rosenthal. You may have heard their recent podcast, The Blog Era. More details to be announced for all these shows soon. We have some more surprises, some guests possibly coming in as well. We're going to be putting more info and how to get tickets or RSVPs for these things soon. You should go to questionshiphop.com and make sure that you subscribe to the mailing list so that no matter what the dreaded algorithm does to you, you will always get the information about the questions when you need to receive it. Okay, so this episode, this was episode number 27, broadcast live on Instagram Live on May 15th, 2020. Master Ace had hopped into some of the previous live episodes that we had broadcast, and our mutual connection and author Ben Merlis uh, helped to connect on this one. Ace is so cool, man. His support of the questions early on really gave, you know, it gave us the confidence to keep moving forward. I mean, he's a hip hop legend. He's been active through so many eras. He's a pioneer in the realm of hip hop concept albums. He's a Crooklyn Dodger. He's put out works on some of hip hop's most legendary labels. I I have to say, revisiting this audio and the video, which I'm gonna put up on the Patreon exclusively. So if you wanna watch, go there. But anyway, revisiting this episode is such a trip. Not to, you know, get too insecure or projecting here, but I cannot get over how relatively, uh, I'm just gonna say how bad I am at hosting this in comparison to where I believe I'm at now. Now, granted, this was early on. We were dealing with the nerves that come from doing a live broadcast. We were also having some crazy technical issues at the beginning and throughout this episode that I was, you know, cutting out so you don't all have to hear it. But, you know, I'm going to give myself some credit. But man, luckily, these episodes aren't necessarily based around my hosting, but they are based around the answers and stories that the guests share. And Master Ace did not disappoint. So much has changed since when we recorded this episode. And you'll catch some of the things that I'm referring to when you listen. But I think you're in for a treat. And by the way, I know Ace has moved even further along with his hip hop musical that he talks about here. You know, this was back in 2020. I know that they've put it up in uh, some theaters and it's garnered some great reviews. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it continues to progress. But that, right, what I I was doing right there, that is looking forward. And this episode is about looking back into the past. It's a classic episode of The Questions with special guest, Master Ace. Who did it first? 
writing some of the songs, cleaning up some of the script, um, doing some feature work for different people. Um, me and my wife do a lot of cooking around here, so I've been doing a few cooking posts. I was peeping your Instagram. You have the crazy uh, vegan uh, culinary like chops going on right now. On, yeah. uh, is that you and your wife, or like, just want to take the lead in the kitchen? Like, how, how does that work? No, my wife is definitely the head chef around here. She's not vegan, <laughs> though. She's not vegan. Um, but she she's learned how to make some really dope vegan meals for me, which is great. Um, and, you know, I learn every day. There's certain stuff that I know that I know how to cook and that I'm I'm good at, at chefing up. And then there's other areas that, you know, I let her, I let her take the take the reins and, and, and handle it. But see, we, you, we'll be eating well, man. We'll be eating well. Yeah. You, see, you are doing vegan lifestyle in a way that seems healthy. I've done vegan before, but I haven't done healthy vegan. <laughs> well, what, what's what's unhealthy vegan? Uh, there's a lot of crap that you can eat that doesn't necessarily have dairy or meat in it that still isn't necessarily healthy. So a lot of things that are processed, everything that I see on your page looks fresh. You know, it's very, yeah. very like, you know, it's 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 organic. It seems it's very fresh. Um, which I've done before too, but it can be very easy to slide into like a lot of processed foods. You know, too much tofu is not good for anybody as well, obviously. Right. Yeah. No, I don't mess with tofu at all. Yeah. Um, we, you know, you thought you were getting hip hop trivia, but we're going into, you know, vegan lifestyle here as well. So That's all right. We're here to do it all. <laughs> we're here to do it all. We are so happy uh, to have you here with us today. Uh, you are a legend. There's not many MCs in the game who have a career that has spanned for as long and touched in so many different areas as uh, yours has. And, you know, we're really honored to have you here. Shout out to Ben Merlis, who, uh, who you know, sort of helped connect the dots with the Cold Chillin' book. If you guys have not checked it out, uh, you, you need to check out our guy Ben's uh, retrospective on the Cold Chillin' label. Uh, he interviewed you and a lot of the key players, uh, you know, involved in the label. So definitely check that out. Um, yep. We've also seen you in our uh, in our games. You were in the J Live chat uh, a couple weeks ago, kind of talking some shit. You, you were, I, you were, you were I got in there. I got in there kind of late, so I didn't really get to see the full format of the of the game. Um, yes. I, I think I only caught like the last couple of questions, like the the bonus round, and then like the one question before that. Where you yeah. asked them, you asked them which which of these four artists didn't sample. Who who was it that I can't remember who the? It was a particular artist. You said which one of the which one of these four artists didn't sample this artist, but I can't remember who the artist was. I don't even remember who it was either. It's a, I mean, it, we do so many shows now that it seems like it was. Yeah, it was yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, we, we touch on a whole different, uh, a lot of different areas. And uh, if you're ready to get into it, we can uh, get into it. All right. How does it? I mean, how many questions? And and I'm, you had like a bonus round and all this kind of yeah, stuff. So yeah, let me so know what I'm in for. There's three rounds that we're going to go into. There's a total of uh, of um, ten questions in the first three rounds, and then the final round is five questions. It's like okay. a speed round. So, okay. uh, uh, and if you guys have time, or if you guys have any questions that you want to ask Ace. Uh, drop them in that little question box uh, at the bottom of your screen. If we have time at the end of the show, we will get into that. So, uh, Ace, our first round is called The Choice is Yours. And this is general multiple choice. There were okay. five points. Um, we're going to get into it right now. The okay. first question is, though largely a hip-hop label, Delicious Vinyl also signed and released albums by this funk acid jazz group. Was it A, Jamiroquai, 
B, brand new heavies. C, soul to soul. Or D, abstract truth. B, brand new heavies. B, brand new heavies. And you would know because you have worked with them before. That's right. Uh, what was that experience like? You you were on the uh, the heavy rhyme experience, brand new heavies. Yeah, that was my first foray into the the, the world of delicious vinyl. Um, at the time, I was still signed to Cold Chilling Records and was really desperately trying to get off of that label. Right. Uh, um, they, uh, Delicious called on me to, to rap on one of the songs for that album. They were, they were pretty much done with the album, actually. There, was only, there were only three beats left, and they were like, if you can, if you can rhyme over one of these three, then we'll, we'll do a song. Mm. And I wasn't super happy with any of the beats, because I was hearing the other the other joints they they recorded with other artists like the, and I liked a lot of those beats better. Like in particular the one that Large Professor rhymed over, which I thought was like bananas. I wanted yeah. I wanted that beat, but you got in late. Um, you couldn't have it was yeah yeah yeah. But but I made I made the most of, of of what I was given. Absolutely. All right. So we're gonna move on to the second question in this round. Second question is. This underground MC producer made a mark on the scene in 1995 with his single Father Time. Was it A, Count Bass D, B, Mike Geronimo, C, Socrates, or D, Big L? Mm, definitely wasn't Big L. You said Father Time. Um... And you can uh, rely on the chat as well if people in the chat know the answer. We do allow that as well. Yeah, um... I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna go with Socrates, man, because that's my guy anyway. He produced a joint for me, so I'm gonna go with Socrates. He's going Socrates, and that is absolutely correct. Um, you have worked. Uh, you know, you, you said he's your guy. You've worked with him. Uh, you know, looking at your catalog, you've worked with a lot of people from a lot of different areas of the world. You know, Socrates is repping Canada. Um, yeah. You know, Marco Polo is a guy who you've worked with. Um, yep. and he, he's, he's Canada, but I was looking, you know, I was researching you and, uh, you know, you've worked with people all over the world. Like what, what sort of was the, like, what made you kind of get into that? Like working with so many different people. It actually just came from my travels. Um, since I would say probably since the year 2000, um, I've been going back and forth to Europe um, and touring and, and, and every time we hit a city, you know, p potentially there's somebody at soundcheck or after the show that's like, yo, can we do a song? Um, and you know, that's part of, that's, that's actually part of my, my, my income is, is featuring doing features for, for, for different people. So I, I've gotten approached by people from really I don't know how many different countries. Um, I, I did an interview once and the guy told me he researched it and said that I had collaborated with the most, with, with people from most, the most countries around the world, which, which could, is believable because I've really collabed with a lot of people from a lot of different parts of the world. All right. We are going to move on to the next question. And that is, which NFL team did Maceo from De La Soul's son play for? Was it the Cowboys, the Giants, the Seahawks or the Rams? It was the Rams, without a doubt. He says the Rams, and that is absolutely correct. And uh, you, you know, we, we threw this in because you have a bit of a, a connection to football as well. You, uh, you, were, you were coaching for a little bit, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I coached high school football for, for nine years in Brooklyn at Canarsie High School. Um, and then I coached two more years at uh, Irvington High School in New Jersey because it was closer to home. And so I tried, I tried to move it out to New Jersey and just a little fun fact, Irvington high school is the alma mater of Queen Latifah. Right, let's move on to the next question in our round. The final one, Prince Paul's a Prince among thieves is a concept album that follows the story of an up and coming rapper named Tariq, which MC played that lead role. Was it a black thought B grand Poobah, C, Breezley Bruin, or D, Wordsworth? Who was the protagonist in A Prince Among Thieves? Uh, it was C, Breezley Bruin. He says C, Breezley Bruin, and that is absolutely correct. Breeze, um, what up? 
Breeze, yeah, totally underrated MC. Uh, you are a guy who doesn't really get brought up as much as I feel some people do, but a lot of your albums are concept albums. Like a lot, a yeah. lot of your albums do have like themes. Uh, like, is, is that, would you say that is your thing? Like, do you like set out to make concept albums like that? Or does it do they sometimes just develop into that? Like as you're writing? No, no, I plan, I plan to, I always, that's always been the plan. Um, really, it started with my second album, Slaughterhouse, where I kind of had, I mean, I didn't have, what I didn't have on Slaughterhouse was like characters. I had skits and and stuff that were all kind of leading to a certain place, but I, it took me a few albums to figure out the exact formula. When I, mm -hmm. when I put out S Sitting on Chrome in, two, in 95, um, I had characters, like I had the cousin character, Jerome, and and myself, and there was a couple of girlfriend characters, but that, I didn't really have, they didn't really have a lot of, they weren't like named characters, they were just there. So it was me gradually working my way towards what eventually became Disposable Arts in 2001, where I wrote out a full script for, for characters and told an entire story that you could follow from the beginning of the album to the end of the album. So you write the story first in, 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 as you sort of progress and then like build the songs around the plot or, or how no, that... no, uh, uh, totally the other way around. Um, right, so I don't even, this, yeah, I don't even think about, I don't even think about what the, um, what the, what the, what the concept of the album is going to be until I have the majority of the songs recorded. And then I, I basically tailor the story line around the songs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, asking people like what their favorite album uh, is, is like, that, that's a hard question. But my question to you would be out of your albums that are conceptual, which one do you think like worked strongest or do you feel was best as a, as a concept, like as, as an overall story? Is there one where you were like, you, you hold it in higher regard in terms of accomplishing like that narrative? Well, to me, disposable arts kind of started it. That was really the, the beginning um, yeah. I feel like that, like that's my favorite album. But in terms of the storyline, I feel like when I got to Long Hot Summer, I learned so much from Disposable that I feel like Long Hot Summer took it to to another level. So out of the storytelling, the full storytelling records, I would say I probably say would say Long Hot Summer. And then we even yeah. we even in, we even end the album with the. The outtakes from the skits and everything like we really had it all figured out we did the outtakes where people messed up the skits and that was like a cool way to end the album off and then i started doing that having the outtakes on every album yeah amazing all right well ace so far flawless so far so we're gonna move into our second round was that was that, the, was, that the, was that was that an easier round normally that first round i'm not at liberty to say ace okay uh, all right, but all right, all right. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're not trying to make anybody look bad, but we are trying to, you know, make you flex your, your hip-hop knowledge a little bit. So all right, all right. do you feel, so need, are, are you simulated at all or are you bored? We don't want to bore you here. No, nah, I'm not bored. I'm not bored, but I, I know I know there's going to be some doozies coming, so I'm just getting ready. All right, we do have some doozies. So our second round is called Picasso, baby. So in this round, I'm going to give you a piece of an album cover and you have to identify what album it is by the little piece of art that you see so now oh. we're going to test your, your art your your eyes here so here's oh. our first one it's a tight angle of a cartoon drawn illustration of a gray mask holding a gray microphone and there is a green robe that this figure is wearing as well what album cover is this is it rizza bobby digital and stereo MF Doom, Operation Doomsday, Ghostface Killer, 36 Seasons, or is it the Loot Pack sound pieces, the antidote? It's B, MF Doom, Operation Doomsday. He says MF Doom, and that is correct. It is MF Doom's debut under the MF Doom moniker, Operation Doomsday. You recently, uh, in 2012, I want to say, put out an album over all MF Doom beats. Yeah. Um, what, what made you do that? I know it wasn't a traditional collaboration in that a lot of those instrumentals were already, you know, existing, but right. like, how, what made you sort of seek out Doom's production for that? Well, so, uh, a good friend of mine, Roman Oben, who, uh, who's an NFL great, he played for the Giants, the Buccaneers and the Chargers, Browns. Uh, he came by one day and he had some beats playing in his car. And I was like, what is that? 
And he was like, oh, that's just uh, MF Doom instrumentals. I, I got, I said, what? He said, yeah, he put all the instrumentals out. I'll burn you a copy if you want. I was like, yeah, do that. So he burns me a copy. It had to be like 40 instrumentals. Yeah. And I took that, I took that, I took that CD, that burn, and I just started driving with it. Like I would, you know, when I was going back and forth to Brooklyn, because I was coaching at the time. So I'm living in Jersey, coaching in Brooklyn. And I would just drive those long drives playing beats. And as I played those Doom beats, I started getting like ideas for 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 little flows, rhymes, like started thinking, oh, how would I rhyme to this? I would I would probably rhyme like in this kind of flow. So I started getting these ideas and I got the idea to do a mixtape. I said, I'm gonna do a mixtape, just a free mixtape that I throw out there, just something to put out sort of like between between projects. That was the initial idea. And then we uh we had a meeting with Fat Beats about something else. Shout out to Fat Beats, I got their shirt on tonight. Uh, we got a we had a meeting with Fat Beats about some unrelated stuff, and my partner Filthy Rich just mentions off the cuff, "Oh yeah, Ace is working on this this free mixtape over Doom Beats," and they were like, "What? Free? Oh no, that we we, we that can't be free. We got to sell that." And, yeah, they just they put the battery in my back to make it a full out project. So I knew at that point it couldn't just be a bunch of just random rhymes. I had to like make it about something. So I came up with the concept M.A. Doom, Son of Yvonne as, a, as an album that I could uh, use to sort of honor the memory of my moms. Amazing. And did you ever wind up having contact with Doom? I know he's a very mysterious character. Like how did, uh, yeah. I know he's, he's, got, he's got a verse on the album. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. So the year before in 2011, um, he and I, he, he and I had a, a show together at the Montreux Jazz Festival, very famous music festival in Europe. I think it was yep. in, it's either in France or Switzerland. It's like right at the border. I think, yeah, I think it's Switzerland, I want to say. Yeah. Right. And so uh, after the um, after the show, I told him he knew about the album because I had been kind of mentioning it on social media a little bit. So yeah. he already knew he already knew about it when I told him. And I was like, yo, I want to I want to play you some of the joint. By then I had probably eight, nine songs done. I said I'll come by the by the room after the you know show and play the play the album for you. So I came by, I played him the whole entire record, all the songs I had. He was like, "Oh, it's dope, it's dope." I said it would be super dope if you could get you know bless me with a verse. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm with it, I'm with it." I and so he he blessed me with a verse, and and I, I put Big Daddy Kane on the same song, and that's a that's a cool combo, me, Doom, and Kane. Uh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and just the fact that you were able to finagle the Doom verse, like you already are a champion. Like it took a while. It, it took it took a while. It definitely took a while. Yeah, the villain. All right, we're gonna move on to the next question in our round. It's a photograph of two very evil-looking red-eyed Rottweilers looking directly into the camera. In the background behind them are two figures that are being hung from the ceiling. What album cover is this? Is it The Lunch Mob, Gorillas in the Mist? Is it Boss, Born Gangsters, Cool G Rap and DJ Polo, Live and Let Die? Or is it Brother Lynch, Hung Loaded? Let's see, Cool G Rap and Polo, Live and Let Die. No hesitation, folks. He knows his album covers, and that is absolutely correct. Um, all right, we're going to move on to the next question in this round. Okay. Final one in this round, actually. It's a close-up of the rim of a tire of what looks like maybe a Chevy Impala. It's like red, orange-ish color. What album cover is this? Is it UGK's Riding Dirty? Mac-10, based on a true story. Fat Boys, Crushing, or is it King T, the Trifling album? I think it's D, King T, the Trifling album. He thinks it's D, folks. Let's see if he's correct. You're goddamn right he's correct. It's Master Ace. Um, you've probably talked about this a lot before, but, you know, being an East Coast guy, you made a very definitively sort of West Coast-leaning album early in your career. What was the... What, what sort of motivated and sparked that? And did that, did that feel like a risk at all for you? Like, was that... Was because that, not a lot of people were doing stuff like that. Yeah, I... That's the Sitting on Chrome album you're referring to. Yes. And um, 
very often in, in interviews, I refer to that album as my compromise album. Um, mm. and, I, and, I, and I say that because um, after the success of um, our, the remix, Born to Roll, turned into this huge record that was all over the radio and the video was like number one on the box and all this kind of stuff. It turned into this sort of car culture phenomenon on the West Coast and the Midwest and the South. Right. Um, Delicious Vinyl approached me right after that and like, you know, as you, what are you thinking about for this next album? And I had some ideas on what I wanted to do and they were like, well, we, we kind of feel like, you know, you're on to something with this Born to Roll and this car culture movement. People are really feeling that, you know, um, all the essays in L.A. are really loving you. They're digging you. And we think if you could deliver a car culture album, um, we could really like go somewhere with this, with, with, you know, we could maybe do gold platinum with this. So um, that's what they that's what they brought to me. And then it was up to me to try to figure out how to execute, you know, an album that, 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 that gave them what they wanted, but still felt right to me and good to me and authentic to who I was as a Brooklyn kid. So, um, that's what I tried. The result of that was, was sitting on Chrome and, you know, I I feel like I used, you know, the drums that we use, the the, the type of drums that we use in New York. I feel like I used those drums and then I added some, a little more, bit more live kind of instrumentation and synthier sounds. Um, but if you really listen to the album song for song, it's not super West Coast. It's just certain singles. Like the, I had the song sitting on Chrome, the title cut, uh, INC Rod, where I right. used the Isley Brothers, and then uh, you know Born a Roll. Those were like the, the main singles that, of course, the label pushed for because sure. they felt like those joints would appeal more to that audience. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's super interesting. Um, all right, uh, we're going to move on to our next round. All you Brainiac dum-dums, if you have questions for Ace, drop them in the uh, question box at the bottom. We're going to get into that um, at the end of our show. So our third round, Ace, is called Digging in the Crates. Oh. So these are all questions about samples. So I'm going to uh, ask you a question and then play you a sample, and you have to answer. So you're doing okay. good so far. All right. Yeah. So far. Nothing wrong. I don't want to jinx it, you know. But this this is when this is when uh I, I jumped in on the J Live and I was like, ooh, that's tough. Right. It would you know, J Live should be, if all was fair, J Live would be in here, uh, you know, kind of like hassling you. I don't know if J Live's in the house. <laughs> never too late. He might show up late. All right, we're gonna go on to our first question in this round. Jacques Lucier filed a lawsuit against this rapper for sampling and not clearing his song Pulsion. So I'm gonna play you that sample right now. You have to tell me who did not clear it and got okay. sued. Okay. Here we go. Is it T.I., Eminem, Big Pun, or Snoop Dogg? That's B, Eminem. He says B, Eminem. I love that. Joke. And that is correct. Uh. Why, how did Dr. Dre think he was going to get away with not clearing that? I can only assume they were smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> I, I, don't I mean, know. that's like super like obvious. It's like right there. It's like he didn't chop it. He didn't flip it. He didn't do nothing cute with it. It's right there in front of you. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but, they, maybe they thought it was such an obscure artist that nobody would know. Right. It may, may, yeah, it, it's definitely uh, it, it is crazy for somebody on that level to not you know do that due diligence. Mm. Um M is a guy who has kind of like heralded you throughout his career. You know, this guy who started as like an underground MC and became arguably one of the bigger rappers, you know, in, in the culture. He's really bigged you up like throughout. What has your relationship been like with M? Because you, you guys collaborated early, early on. Uh, there was a song called Hellbound. Yeah, that you did. yeah. yeah. When, when we did this, when we did the Hellbound song, I had never met him. I didn't, I didn't even know him at the time. Um, yeah. but how that song came about was... I was working out of a studio, 7888, my partner, Filthy Rich, once again. He had a studio out in Queens where a lot of artists would come through. And during that, during those early days, M came through. This is before M was signed, before he anybody really knew who he was. Sure. And I guess they threw him a few bucks to do a verse for something, and they never used it. So that his verse was just kind of sitting around collecting dust. And then he blows up. And, and so as they were working on this new compilation called Game Over, Volume One, 
Um, they had an they had an Eminem verse and a beat, and they were like, "You want to jump on this?" And I was like, "Definitely." So I, Eminem's verse was already laid down. I actually, the first time I met him, um, I played it for him. I brought it and played it for him because he didn't even remember doing that verse. But when I played it, he was listening. He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember this. I remember this rhyme. I remember this rhyme." Like. It, but it, you know, he by by when I met him, by the time I met him and played it for him, he was at he was on the uh, Up and Smoke tour with Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, all uh, of them. Like like a, he, he, he was he, up quite a bit. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. He, he was he was still an opening act. He wasn't he wasn't heavy. He was still opening, but he was big. He was big. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Mr. C in the building. Mr. C, a legend. We we have Mr. C in the house. Where uh, my wife my wife Lachey is in here too. Shout out to Lachey. We, we love it when the family, we've had we've had wives and we've had moms also in, in the building uh, when we've done some of these games before. We're a family-friendly show. That's what we do. We get deep That's into up. the but, You know, we, right. we keep it family-friendly. All right, we're going to move on to our next question, Ace. Here we go. All right. TLC by Average White Band was used for this Boogie Down production song. I'm going to play you that sample. <laughs> Is it you're struggling? Beef. You know the rules for the Kenny Parker show. Hey, see, you know the rules. Shout out to Lear Jones. We see you there in the chat. Lear Jones is another former uh, guest in the hot seat. She did pretty well, too. Okay. Jonesy. Jonesy, we see you. Uh, if you guys have questions for Ace, drop them in that question box. We're going to get into a little Q&A if we have time at the end here. All right, final question in our round. Here we go. Okay. Which of these artists has not sampled Grand Funk Railroad's Nothing is the Same? I'm going to play you that sample, the Grand Funk Railroad. You have sampled this, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but let's hear mm -hmm. it. Boys or De La Soul, who has not sampled it, Ace? I definitely don't know this answer because I didn't know anybody besides me sampled that record. Oh, wow. I'm going to take... I'm going to take an educated guess and say B, The Roots, because they usually play their stuff live. Okay. He's saying The Roots. So I'm actually going to prove it out to you. I have them all queued up here. So we're going to... Okay. We're going we're gonna to go on a ride. We're going to right. go on here, no pun intended. Sitting on Chrome. All right. So first of all, yes. Shout out to you. You you definitely sampled it. Um, also sampled by De La Soul on their De La Soul. Uh, no, on uh, Balloon Mind State album. Wow. So De La sampled it. Okay. On an official remix by Mike Nardone, the Beastie Boys sampled it. Never heard this. This is a remix of the joint they did with uh, Q-Tip, the uh, Get yeah. It Together joint. Yeah, I love Get It Together. That's, my, that's one of my ringtones. Oh, hey, look, we're all learning some hip-hop trivia tonight. Now we know about Master Ace's ringtone game. This is crazy. I might put that in a future show if that's fine. But sure. All right, so this is the moment of truth, Ace. You said that it was The Roots. We're about to see, is it Redman or The Roots who did not sample it? The Roots, on their album Rising Down, sampled or reinterpolated it. So the answer was Redman. Redman. Was the one it, was a, it, was, it was a fair guess. It was a fair guess, and hey, one question wrong is nothing to sneeze at right now. I mean, you, you've you've been mopping the floor. It's been a slaughterhouse. I don't use that term uh, very loosely, but you've been slaughtering these questions. Uh, I got to get in some bad jokes. Yeah, it's, it's just all right. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Ace, we have reached the final round, and the final round is called Time's Up. So, you might have caught a bit of this in the J-Live game. 
What yes. it is that we're going to do? I'm going to give you three categories. You get to choose one. You will have 90 seconds to answer five questions in the round of your choice. Here are your categories. You get to pick one of these. The first one is delicious vinyl trivia. Okay. The second category is paying homage to Master Ace. Mm. And the third category is these are all trick questions, emphasis on trick. Mm. You pick the category and you will have 90 seconds to complete the round. I'm going delicious vinyl trivia. He's going delicious vinyl. He knows a bit about that life. So you will have 90 seconds. There are five questions. I have OC's time's up here. It is time to 90 seconds. So when the time is up on OC, your time is up. You get one guess. If you don't know the answer, we can skip and come back to it. And as always, you can rely on our chat. They are an eager bunch. They're not always accurate, but sometimes they are. We got some hip-hop nerds. Okay, so, hey, okay. if you're ready, we're going to get into it. All right. The first question in the delicious vinyl round. This member of the far side is the only group member to release a solo album on delicious vinyl. Fat Lip. That is correct. This artist gave Delicious Vinyl their first smash hit in 1989. Young MC. It is not Young MC. It's Tone right. Loke. It was Tone Loke. Eric Hayes, the designer of the Delicious Vinyl logo, is married to this actress. Oh, shit. Skip. Next one. All right, we're going to skip it. Delicious Vinyl also had a short-lived metal label imprint under this name. What was the name of their metal label? Um, skip. All right, we're going to skip it. Members of this group make cameos in the Far Side's music video for Drop. They're not on the song, but they appear in the video. Yeah, yeah. Um... Born Americans. It is not Born Americans. We were looking for the Beastie Boys. All right, we're going to go back to the ones who skipped. Who is Eric Hayes married to? It's an actress. I have no clue. He doesn't have a clue. Our time is running up. What does the chat know? Does the chat want to... You can use the chat. I don't see anybody. Delayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and our time is up, Ace. I'm sorry. You got one of those right. So, you know, Delicious was, was a little little difficult. But I didn't we, really, yeah. We, we got to get tough. So to answer, Eric Hayes, the designer of the Delicious Vinyl logo, is married to Rosie Perez, believe it or not. I didn't know that. Little factoid. Um, Delicious Vinyl had a short-lived metal label under the name. I couldn't remember the name of it. Malicious Vinyl. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't remember that. Um, we got to get in the cup for some of these. And then, yes, the Beastie Boys made cameos in the Far Side music video for Drop. Uh, they obviously sampled King Ad Rock on the Drop. Um, yeah, I, I, was at, I was so thrown off by the first couple that my brain was not working. All right. It happens to the best of us. You are a hip-hop legend, so we will, you know, we'll cut you some slack. So, Ace, I'm going to uh, total your score right now. While I do that, I want to know uh, from you, who is somebody who you think we should bring on the questions next? We'd like to ask our guests who they challenge to come on. So let us know who you think would be good to put on this show. Oh, man, I think Questlove would be an amazing... He would destroy this game. Questlove would be incredible. Yeah. Um, what, that's, a, that's a good recommendation. Uh, Ace, what, what do you have coming up? I know obviously a lot of plans have changed right now. Um, with the COVID-19 virus, but what, what can the fans and people like kind of look out for you uh, uh, for the rest of this year? Um, Mr. C said he should be a guest too, by the way. Uh, we would love to have Mr. C. Mr. C, we're going to, we're going to slide in the DMS. Uh, I didn't mean that in a sexual way, just, uh, in a, you know, <laughs> uh, um, we'll, we'll slide in the DMS uh, and we'll, we'll try to set that up. Uh, but Ace, what, uh, what can yeah. people uh, look for uh, with, with you? So right now, um, I'm I'm sitting on about ten or ten or twelve Marco Polo beats. Mm. Um, we're gonna re, we're gonna try to do a, not try. We're gonna do another album together um, because the the a Brooklyn story which came out in 2018 was a very well received album. We did really well with it. 
Um, so we're going to go back and, and, and put one more together. So I'm, I got about 10 or 12 of his beats that, that I've been holding. I haven't written one word yet to it. I'm just waiting for the inspiration. Um, and you should look forward to that sometime next year. And also, uh, I'm, I'm still working on this musical, this hip-hop musical. I've been working on it for about two years now. And yeah. getting it, getting, it's getting closer and closer. The, the musical is loosely based on the storylines of Disposable Arts, A Long Hot Summer, and The Fallen Season, three of my albums. Oh, wow. And so some of the character names you'll recognize from, from those albums. And yeah, it's coming together really well so far. Amazing. So that's uh, that all sounds incredible. And yeah, I mean, the, the hip-hop musical is a thing. It's definitely proven its, uh, its, its worth in society. And like... I, I can only imagine one with you would be amazing. So I've told your score. Ace, you got 10 out of 15 right, which is a healthy score. We're, we're generating our leaderboard here. We'd love okay. to have you back at some point. There's a lot of people who want, you know, want to go head-to-head. We're working on a head-to-head game right now. I don't know if you'd be interested, but... Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You have an open door. You are a champion in our eyes, no matter what. Um, Ace, if you have some time, we'd love to take some questions from the chat. Do you, do you have sure. some time? Yeah. Yes, guys, drop some questions in the little question box on the right. Shout out to Vibe Magazine. Uh, I don't know if it's the magazine themselves or a rep- I'm sure it's a representative of the magazine. Uh, Vibe, shout us out. Uh, put, put the questions uh, and make sure you uh, cover this Master Ace musical that's coming up. Um, all right. So uh, DT Real MC asks, do you have a favorite song and what's your favorite song you wrote? So it's two questions. Do you have just a favorite song? It could be by anybody. And what is your favorite song that you wrote? These are these are tough questions. Yeah, my 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 favorite song could probably change every day, but but right now for some reason I'm I'm, I'm channeling Bounce Rock Skate, um, Vaughn Mason. Um, yeah. That's just one of those songs that every time I hear it I get goosebumps, and it reminds me of my youth and my childhood, and um, that's 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 definitely one of my favorite songs for sure. Yeah. Um, in terms of favorite song of mine that I wrote, again, that's a tough one. Um, I probably would say "Beautiful," um, but if you ask me tomorrow, I might have a whole different question, a whole different answer. But I'll say my song "Beautiful." That's fair. That's fair. All right, we got some more questions coming up in the question box. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Pierce asks, "Favorite Canadian beat." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we know some of them, but yeah, who, who who are you feeling? And just maybe producers in general that you're really into right now. My favorite Canadian producer is between Marco Polo and Marco Polo. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's uh, a fair answer. All right, let's see what else we got. Uh, really, Denise really asked, do you listen to music when you cook and what do you listen to? That's a good question. Uh, sometimes I do, yes. Um, but... Typically, if I'm doing anything in the kitchen, instead of listening to music, I'm playing a beat, something I have to write to. So what I'll do, what I'll do is I'll put a beat on something that I have to come up with some lyrics for, and I'll let that play over and over again while I'm cooking or cleaning or whatever I'm doing. Um, and I find that I come up with better lyrics when I'm doing something else, keeping myself busy doing something else, not when I'm sitting down, you know, in front of the phone or the or the pad, and I'm trying to come up with. I, I never come up with my best stuff that way. It's usually when I'm doing something and my mind is not even on music, but the beat is playing. And that's how I come up with the best, the best lines. That's flow. That's like when you're not trying to force it and you just let the actual inspiration just kind of like see yep. through. Yep. All right. Um, we have a question. Where is the Bismarck Key puppet at? <laughs> I honestly don't know. The last I heard, it was in a museum in Seattle, uh, Washington, but I don't know if it's still there. If that, even if that museum even still, it could have just been like, um, like you're traveling. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where it is right now that the last I heard it was in pretty bad shape, kind of falling apart. Cause it was made of like, kind of like styrofoam sort of, and ah. painted, painted styrofoam. So I imagine it's, it's, it's probably falling apart pretty bad right now. It probably could be restored. Who knows? Uh, unlike you, who a few people have mentioned, you look as young as you did, like when you first came out. Like we, we had some questions. It, you, might, you, it might seem or? that it might seem that way, but trust me, I've looked at pictures of me ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, and there's definitely, you know, I can see the difference. That's that. I'll put it to you like that. All right. Well, we don't want to gas you up too much, but some people Work. had pointed. You don't look like an old man, is what people are saying. You're not an old man. 
There's some grays in there. You can see them a little bit. They in there. People age differently. I'm I'm only 12 years old, so I mean, like, I'm not aging very well at all. <laughs> Pretty crazy. All right, uh, let's see what else we got in the question box. Uh, somebody asked, "What's the story be- behind Brooklyn Masala?" And, uh, no, me, oh, for those who don't know, what Brooklyn Masala is. Yeah, it's a it's a song off of my album Aloha Summer. Um, it actually features my my wife at the end. She sings a little piece at the end of the song. Yeah, um, but. The song is not based on any any particular true story. Um, it was just a, a love song um, that I actually originally recorded it in Philly um, with the Touch of Jazz. Jazzy Jeff had a production team called Touch of Jazz. And shout out to my guy, Darren, Darren Limitless Henson, who produced the original version. Um, I was in Philly working on music for um, writing some songs for Will Smith. And that's one of the songs that I laid down um, and just decided that, you know, this song is more, this this should be for me. So I had an original version that I recorded, um, but I wound up saying, you know what, this is, I'm going to keep this joint for me. And I used it for myself. Yeah, I got to tuck that, keep it in the stash. Exactly. All right, let's see what we got. Um, uh, DJ Steve Wonder, shout out Steve Wonder. Have you ever performed Crooklyn Dodgers with Buck and Ed? Yeah, I have. I have uh, a couple times. Um, I want to say the most recent, was at Prospect Park. There was a big show at Prospect Park for the uh, summer stage, New York City summer stage. Yeah. And they actually had both versions of Crooklyn performed the same night, back to back. So they had me, oh, Buckshot, same. same night. They had they had me, Buckshot, and Special Ed um, come out with Ali Shaheed, Muhammad, DJing for us. We did our version. And right after that, Premier hit the, hit the set. And he brought out uh, O.C., J. Rue, and Chubb Rock, and they did their versions back-to-back. It's like one of the dopest things ever. Amazing. All right, we got some more questions. Let's see uh, what we have here. Um, what new or current rappers do you like, asked uh, Mr. C. Um, see, I don't know if if if, if Kendrick or, or J. Cole are considered new and current or not. Um Relatively, I, I would count them as like newer. Yeah. Okay. I like I, I like those guys. I like um, I've always been big on joining Lucas as a as a as a MC as a lyricist. Um, you know, uh, it's it's a few other cats, man. Um, that I've been playing. Oh man, that's just to name a few. It's a couple of other dudes that I'll, I'll think of in a minute that um that I that I play. Oh, YB and Corday. My wife just reminded me. I, uh, yeah, a, yeah. I, 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 he's he's pretty new. Um, my my daughter put me on to him. I didn't know who he was at all. Right. And my my daughter had never she had never come to me before with a with an artist and said, "I want you to hear something." Like that never happened before. So when she wow. when she when she came to me, I'm like, okay, I need to <laughs> let's let's see what I'm so curious to see what what this was going to be. And we, we we sat together and listened to the whole album. And yo, dude can rhyme. He can rhyme. Yeah. It's not like all trappy. It's not super duper trappy. He's got a few trappy Bob joints on there, but Duke can spit, man. And that's what I'm about. Like, can you rhyme? Can you rhyme? And and right. is it and is it saying something? And he has content. So yeah, I'm glad my, my wife reminded me of that. That dude is so dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's see who else we got. Uh, what else we got here? Um, Keep Miser Eight asks: Was there ever an MC in the industry who tried to battle you? As far as like people with records out, not really. Um, nah, not guy outside of the club or the venue. That, that, those don't count. Most of my yeah, most of my battles was like early in my career. You know, coming up, trying to prove yourself, battling dudes in high school and in the neighborhood, stuff like that. Um, but nah, nobody in the industry. Yeah, that wouldn't be a wise thing to do. So it's it's good that they didn't. Um, let's see, we we have maybe time for one or two more. Uh, Heat Miser also asks, "What was your most memorable performance? You've done so many shows. Uh, what was a performance that sticks out in your head? Probably my, the worst, just the most memorable. Yeah, pro- probably my 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 show in London because this was like really early in my career. My first album was out, um, and I was I found out that I was getting a lot more buzz in the UK." Than I, than I knew about. And so I hit the stage 
uh, I was actually one of the opening acts for for Public Enemy and EPMD at the London Arena. Um, about 10,000 people were there. I never performed in front of that many people in my life. Like, like to run out, to run out in, in, in a, at a show like that with that many people and for them to know my songs and know the words and my song Letter to the Better was a huge record over there. I didn't even know. Wow. And as soon, and as, soon as we dropped Letter to the Better, like, I would say out of, out of the 10,000 people, 5,000 were jumping up and down when that beat came on. And I was like, yo, it was just, it, it blew my mind. So I, that was like one of the first experiences. That's amazing. All right, Ace, uh, we're going to let you go. Um, we really appreciate you joining us. I mean, just a huge salute to, to you, to your catalog, to everything you've done for the game. I mean, we're all such big fans. Shout out to Ben again for, for connecting the dots on this. Word. So happy to have you. Uh, if, you know, we, we will definitely stay in touch and we would love to do something in the future. We got a couple other things brewing and, uh, you know, you're the epitome of, of what we want to showcase on this show. So salute to you. Thank you so much. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. This, this was like a very fun experience. I knew it was going to be after seeing Jay, Jay Live on here. I knew it was going to be fun. Um, yeah. and, and when Mr. C gets on here, I'm definitely going to be tuning in for that. Cause he he thinks he's he thinks he's a trivia guy. He thinks he, he got all the records, all the songs. Yeah. So make sure make sure you dig real 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 deep for those 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 choices of questions for him. Don't make it too easy for him. Maybe we'll we'll hit you up. We'll we'll run our questions by you first to just make sure that they've got the ace uh, stamp of approval. Big thank you again to Master Ace for being such a great guest. Big thank you to you for listening to this, for supporting the podcast, whether it's by joining the Patreon, rating and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, or just sharing with a friend. More info is coming soon about the New York shows. Shout out to the Stony Island Audio Network. Shout out to Midas the Beast and Czarism for the show's theme. And I will be back next week with another episode of The Questions Hip Hop Podcast. Don't be on the